Do you want an amazing marriage? Are you ready to take your marriage to the next level? Then stick around for your Marriage Matters podcast with Marriage Coach Lynn. Let's put some fun and sizzle into your relationship. Middle age malaise. What is it? How does it sneak up on us? What should we be looking for? Welcome to Your Marriage Matters. Today is the first episode in a four-part series focusing on the middle years of marriage, 15 to 25 years of marriage. Today we'll go beyond 15 minutes because the topics I want to discuss are interrelated and I need extra time to show you how they relate. Topics such as boredom, keeping secrets, finding a passion, and shared goals. In this series, we're going to talk about boredom and how boredom can set in. We'll talk about pleasing your spouse, needing your spouse, interdependency, and the danger of resigning yourself to an unhappy or mediocre marriage. We'll talk about the importance of learning new things about yourself so that you can help improve your relationship. Our needs and desires change over time. I don't have to tell you that. We have to adapt and adjust and always be looking to understand our partner and meeting each other's needs. Most of all, the ups and downs are not a good reason for divorce. Unhappiness, which is a state of mind, is temporary and is based on what we choose. Joke time. A man and a woman who have never met before find themselves assigned to the same sleeping room on a transcontinental train. Though initially embarrassed and uneasy over sharing a room, the two are tired and fall asleep quickly, he in the upper bunk and she in the lower. At 1 a.m., he leans over and gently wakes the woman, saying, Ma'am, I'm sorry to bother you, but would you be willing to reach into the closet to get me a second blanket? I'm awfully cold. I have a better idea, she replies. Just for tonight, let's pretend that we're married. Wow, that's a great idea, he exclaims. Good, she replies. Get your own darn blanket. Have you been married 15, 20, 25 years? Do you sometimes reminisce about the seemingly happier years of your early married life? Remember the days you would have done anything for your partner, including getting him or her a blanket? What's happened? What's changed? Do you ever wonder how things changed? Do you go to your child's sporting event and secretly wonder about your marriage? Is this all there is? Will things get better or should I just settle into how things are? Over the years, we encounter many struggles and changes in marriage. The middle years can be tough. Maybe we have teens in the house or young adults who are draining our energy at the same time we are questioning our life goals and career situation. Maybe we're a little disappointed with something about our life, such as our marriage, children, or job. We find ourselves wondering, is this what I want for the second half of my life? What do I want for the next stage and how can I get there? Maybe the wife is going through menopause and the husband is having a hard time with all the female energy and shifts. Perhaps the husband looks at the household financial situation and feels a lot of anxiety. Additionally, elderly parents might pose challenges. There is pressure coming from everywhere. Let's take a deep breath 
and talk about some of the challenges commonly encountered during the middle years of marriage and what we can do. Our goal is to be happy, not just exist in our long-term marriage. We want to strengthen what we have and build on what we want to have so that we can move into the golden years of marriage and truly enjoy them. Marriage is not a life sentence. Comedians and people joke about being stuck in marriage and the number one reason people feel stuck is boredom. We need to talk about boredom and apathy. These middle years are pivotal. We can take what we have and work on making it better or we can resign ourselves and accept what we have. Be very careful though if you resign yourself because things can slip away and get worse. Two main reasons for this. One, if you don't nurture your friendship with each other, things can slip. And two, if you don't address issues as they arise, they will get buried and come out on a rainy day. You must address irritations and big and small issues as they present themselves. Nothing stays the same. Mediocrity and complacency can deteriorate into something worse. Congratulations to those of you who are in your middle years of marriage and who want to make improvements. Again, 15, 20, 25 years are the time frame I'm talking about. Healthy, happy couples are always looking for ways to please their spouses and know that there is always something to learn, not necessarily learning something new about your spouse, but especially about ourselves, learning new ways of relating more kindly and lovingly toward your partner. I've talked about healing from an affair in a recent series. It's important that both partners take responsibility for the healing, not just the adulterer. Both of you must work on marriage improvement if a sexual affair has rocked your world. You will definitely need to work on relating to each other with kindness, love, forgiveness, and charity. Let's take a closer look at this word, malaise. Malaise is a feeling of illness or depression. Many middle-aged married couples report having a kind of depression, disappointment, and have this malaise hanging over their heads. Maybe there's boredom. Maybe one spouse is somewhat unappealing or downright annoying. The irritations have accumulated and they're not going away. We don't want to admit this to anyone or to ourselves because it's kind of depressing to think that maybe we're stuck or have to deal with less than what we wanted or expected when we got married. Things have kind of deteriorated, so there's a climate of mild or strong disappointment in the marriage. I gave a talk recently and showed a graph of examples of lifelong marriage. I showed that over a lifetime, we will fluctuate over the years in our satisfaction level. Things go up and down during the course of weeks, months, or years. We have to take a long-term view that we will have many ups and downs. We don't need to bail out of the marriage when we have downs. We need to dig in, remember that we are loyal to the goodness in our spouses, and especially remember that anger and selfishness are not reasons for divorce. They are reasons to look at ourselves and learn skills to improve. Many couples will separate because they lack the skills on how to improve but think one reason for their discontent is the temperament of their spouse. People talk about not focusing on changing your partner, and yes, that is true, 
but we can help influence or talk about changes needed in behavior or skills. On this show, I occasionally cover topics that can help you gain better skills or look at situations from a different perspective. Sometimes that's what we need, to see things from a different point of view. Listening to past shows might help you pinpoint something you need to work on or give you new ideas in dealing with conflict, recovering from an affair, listening, or dealing with irritations. Check out my YouTube channel, Marriage Coach Lynn. I've done a handful of videos on dealing with irritations. Let's be honest, who we are at 25 is different from who we are at 45. We have different needs and desires. We married for certain reasons with certain expectations. We have a perspective and view of the world and a view of our partner and over time, these often change or evolve. What we thought was cute or interesting about our partner at age 25 might not be so cute anymore. So we have to adjust and adapt, not necessarily to our partner, but to our interchanges, viewpoint, and expectations. That's an important distinction that many people don't consider. Are you being fair, loving, considerate, and understanding of your partner? I'd like you to pause and think about that for a moment. Our general values probably don't change, but our likes, dislikes, and what irritates us changes. If we agree that our needs change over time, the marriage has to change over time. Maybe the wife needs more affection at age 45 than at 25. Maybe the wife's sexual desire has declined, but not the husband's. Maybe the wife's sexual desire increases after menopause. Maybe the husband's declines in older age. Couples have to negotiate and be in constant communication about these changes. We are not mind readers, and sometimes spouses do not know the inner turmoil that the partner is having. I once heard a radio DJ talking with an author about how some married couples do not have sexual relations very often. They say that so many people are busy and tired with kids and activities and maybe engage in sex once a week. Some research points to the notion that people aren't tired, but they are bored. Boredom is more likely to affect the woman. Let's assume women are not exhausted, but have little energy left at the end of the day. Let's assume that they're in good general health and have no physical reason for lack of desire. They don't have a headache. One author was saying that women are bored sexually. I thought to myself, she could be bored because she is not stimulated and pleased by her partner. She could be annoyed and carry cumulative or unresolved emotional issues that she is not sharing with her husband. It's not fair to carry internal burdens without informing your spouse or letting him or her help you. Check to see if you do this. If you do withhold important feelings from your spouse, that's a sign that you do not trust him or her enough to share your vulnerabilities, that you don't want to burden your spouse, or it could be a sign that you believe your spouse does not care. If you keep silent, you will be left alone to handle your inner turmoil and not let your spouse into your inner world and he or she won't know or understand your needs and frustrations. This violates the first level of the Sound Relationship House love maps and will result in you not having a thriving marriage. Please learn to open up to your spouse if you struggle in this area. Withholding your inner world definitely will contribute to middle age, malaise, and worse. 
Is affection and friendship lacking in your relationship? For a better sex life, couples need to work on these components. The man might be bored if there is a lack of silliness, fun, spontaneity. He could be tired of initiating and making advances to a cold fish. The couple gives up in silence and can deteriorate into a roommate situation if they both don't confront these feelings and changes. Please get a copy of my book, Re-Energize Your Marriage in 21 Days, available on Amazon.com and Smashwords.com. This book is an easy-to-use tool that addresses these areas. Also, with boredom, my daughter once told me she heard a survey that says 60% of women would like to hire someone to sit in their place at the dinner table, if the couple is having dinner together, and listen to their husband's dinner conversation because the survey showed that women are bored with his talk of sports and business. Boredom works both ways. Men can get bored with their wives' topics. My husband will tell me when he is not interested in what I have to say when he's preoccupied or not interested in details or expanding on the topic. He will tell me and I will take the cue to be quiet, knowing the conversation has run its course. We don't take it personally and most of the time I don't have a need to keep talking. Tell your spouse if you feel a need to continue talking. Give the reason why. What is it that you need from him if you feel the need to keep talking and keep it brief? If you want a fulfilling marriage, you're going to have to eliminate boredom. This is not to say eliminate silence, quiet times, downtime, and keep a frenetic pace of life, the opposite of boredom, where you keep too busy that you have barely a moment to take in the quiet times. We can devote a whole show to boredom someday, but for now, let me introduce the concept of passion and later the importance of having a shared goal. Passion. Having a passion in life can keep you alive and give you meaning. Passion is knowing you are here on this planet meant to be doing something, whether it is your career, a service or family vocation, an interest that you feel you must do, something compelling in your life, a mission. It could be volunteering for a nonprofit organization, something you couldn't live without or would really miss if you didn't do or participate in. Many people don't have a passion, but those who do are energized in life, and this often spills over into all of their relationships. They are on fire for God, country, spouse, everyone and everything. Not all the time, but a general contentedness and gratitude for life. Also, those who have overcome great obstacles and hardships are often grateful. So find something to be grateful for, and hopefully, it will be your spouse. Shared goals. In agrarian society, when families did farming, there was a deep focus, economic and lifestyle. Nowadays, we have two people who usually work in separate career fields or work settings during the day, come home with lots of chores and responsibilities that often are separate, and then we have some time left over. Good husband and wife relationships were at their best when America was primarily an agricultural society. Why? Because the same economic goals were pursued and because interdependency kept the couple spiritually united, working together to achieve common goals. 
Today, many couples do not have a common goal. Here is an assignment for you. Can you come up with a sentence or two to describe your purpose as a married couple? Kind of like a family mission statement or individual mission statement that Stephen Covey might ask you to do if you followed the seven or eight habits of success. Here is an example from a couple who owns their own financial planning company. Our mission is to raise our two children to become solid citizens and to provide the best financial planning service to clients. This couple works together and is very knowledgeable and passionate about people being wise stewards of their finances. The husband is the primary business person, but the wife is very involved, attends meetings, has a role in the company, and travels with him on business trips and to conferences. When couples are interdependent upon each other, there's a greater chance they will stay together. Marriage is more about just wanting someone. It is about needing, and in our feminist society, the popular culture tells women that we don't need a man, and it tells men that you can play around until your late 20s or 30s and don't settle down too young because you don't need a woman. You can just use her for your pleasure. So think about the idea of want and need in your relationship. It's good to need and be interdependent. A caring bond is intensified by dependency on each other. Dependency involves being reciprocal. Also, the greater the tragedy, say of a child, the greater dependency is needed. In difficult situations, the healthy personality can give more and giving is important. Let's talk about the secret feeling and comment that women make in middle age, that their spouse is like another child and they are tired of having this needy, lazy man. Some women feel that their husbands are clueless about so much in life, especially women who are high achieving, multitasking, keep everything running smoothly in the marriage, family and household type of woman. Some women assume that they are more intelligent when it comes to relationships as if they are on a higher level and the husband is clueless and sometimes a burden like a child. If ladies are listening to this podcast today, I want to ask you to guard against this type of thinking. This shows a little rift that you are not necessarily on equal footing, but a superior inferior mindset. And guess what? Maybe the husband will secretly think of you as his mother if you think of him as a child. This is a dynamic you do not want in your marriage. We don't need mothers, fathers, and child in the husband-wife relationship. We need lovers, partners, teammates, equals, complementary people in this journey of life. Complementary meaning our differences come together. We need compliments too, but we also need complementary meaning our differences coming together. We, of course we need compliments too. And I know a couple that was married well over 70 years and they gave compliments to each other. It was very nice. They were generous with compliments. You could tell they were happy. We covered a lot today. I wanted to cover some things that affect marriage in the middle years. Boredom, neglecting the concept of love maps or sharing your inner world with your spouse. I also wanted to talk about the importance of having a passion and shared goals. 
Next week, we'll talk about some do's and don'ts. Until then, make your marriage great.